Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Ormo campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. We are jumping into our Christmas series today. It's called Hark. Hark's not a word I use very often. Who uses hark in everyday language? I generally don't. It's something that only comes out once a year when we sing what I think is one of the best Christmas carols, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Who counts that as one of their favourites? It's just a classic, isn't it? I love singing that. But I've got to admit, I've never really thought deeply about what it is I'm actually singing. It's like that with Christmas carols. They sound good, they sound festive, so you just go along with it. But hark the herald angels sing. Hark is an old English word that means listen up. So listen up. And then a herald, what's a herald? A herald is someone that is coming to announce some big news. So when we sing, hark the herald angels sing, really what we're saying is listen up. We've got some big news to share. And right through the account of Jesus' birth and all the activities that happened before it and around it, there's some big news that is shared by some angels when they met with people. And they essentially say, listen up, we've got some big things to share. God is doing something brand new. And so as we look over these next couple of weeks in our teaching time, we're gonna be looking at some of the big announcements the angels made when they came and met with people in the lead up to Jesus' birth. And we're gonna look today from Luke chapter one, Luke's account of the birth narrative, when the angel meets with a man named Zachariah. If you have a Bible you'd like to follow along with me, you can do that this morning or it will be on the screen behind me. We're gonna read from Luke chapter one and verse five. It says this, In the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both well advanced in years. Once, When Zachariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by Lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zachariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, "'Do not be afraid.'" Zachariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son and you were to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to many and many will rejoice because of his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. Many of the people of Israel will bring back to the, will be, he will bring back to the Lord their God and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. There's a diplomatic way of saying, I'm old, she's well along in years. And the angel said to him, I'm Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you'll be silent, not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. 
Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them and they realised he had seen a vision in the temple for he kept making signs to them but remained unable to speak. And when his time of service was completed, he returned home. So the angel meets with Zechariah and says, I've got some big news, Zechariah. Your wife, who is well along in years and you an old man, you're gonna have a son. You're childless, but you're gonna have a son. And you name him John. And this is the story of John the Baptist. And John is actually gonna, is is part of what God has promised, is the one that's gonna come and make preparation for one who will come after him, who is much greater. But John is the promise of God, Zechariah. And what God is starting is something brand new. You know, we all hate waiting. I'm just gonna make that as a statement that I think most of us would agree with. We just, I said we don't like waiting, but I would say many of us just hate waiting. We don't like waiting for service. We live in a world where everything happens in the instant. And so we just don't like having to wait for service. I was in the drive-through of a well-known uh, fast food establishment many months ago and uh, I was going through and I got to the second window to pick up my food and there was a wait. I don't know what the wait was, no one was communicating, but as I sat there, there was a long line of cars that one of the managers of the store felt the need to come to the window to deliver my food and to apologise for the wait. I reckon I was sitting there for somewhere between three and a half and four minutes. Crazy, isn't it? We just don't like to wait. We don't like to wait for service, we don't like to wait in traffic. It still amazes me, and this is a rebuke to any of you that do this this morning. It amazes me that people can save up a hard-earned lot of income to buy some great tickets to a great sporting event, spend hours getting themselves there, going through security checks, to sit in for an 80-minute game of football, and then at the 65-minute mark, think, maybe this would be a good time to exit so we don't get caught in traffic. You spend $100 to be at the game and you only wanna watch three quarters of it because you hate waiting in line. If you ever come with me, don't ask me to leave early. (laughs) I don't care if it's 60 points to nil, I'm sitting there to the end because I've paid for that experience. (laughs) I really love it when people leave early and then there's a game-changing event and they miss out. (laughs) There is no compassion in my spirit when they go home and say, I was there but I didn't see the end. We just hate to wait. Sorry about that, that was a little rant, wasn't it? <laughs> Some of you probably do that. I, 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 I do like you. But we don't like waiting. We don't like waiting in line. Just little, I'm just gonna ask for one piece of audience participation this morning. I know it's changed a little bit with self-serve checkouts, but in the days where 12 items and, or less were the go-to checkouts when you're in a hurry, who has ever counted the items in somebody's trolley in front of them? I don't care if the 13th item is a packet of lifesavers. <laughs> rules are rules. 12, right? I, I would deliberately not go to that aisle if I had bulky items because it looked like I had more, even though I've had six bulky items. When you're buying toilet paper and nappies and stuff for a family of seven, you got bulky items. I would feel embarrassed about the judgment that it looked like I had more than 12 items, so I'd go to another aisle and wait behind the person with 400 things in their trolley just to save face. We hate waiting. And as we enter this story this morning in Luke's Gospel, we're reminded of a group of people that have been waiting for a really long time. In Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, all stories of Jesus that were penned, this 
moment, this moment where the angel appears to Zechariah is the first thing that we have recorded in Scripture since the words that were spoken to the prophet Malachi some 400 or so years earlier. 400 years is a long time of silence. It's known, if you do biblical study, it's known as the intertestamental period. Obviously the world didn't stop, history went on, but the recorded prophetic word of God and action of God, the last recording was in 400 BC around the time of the prophet Malachi. And now we're waiting 400 so years later until this moment when the angel appears to Zechariah. That is a long time. People often call the intertestamental period the period of God's silence. Now, we don't know if God was silent. I'm sure God was working and acting and moving in ways that weren't recorded or that ways that we don't have recorded. But we know the prophetic voice of God went silent for a time, for a period. That's a long time to be waiting. And the prophetic voice of God kept speaking into the hope of the future, the hope of God's saving activity, the hope of what God was gonna do, the hope that God had all of this in place and all of this in control. Now, if you're hearing those words and then you're looking through the last 400 years of your history thinking God hasn't done anything, God hasn't seemingly said anything, He hasn't parted any seas that we know of. As I said, we don't know all aspects of history and God was at work, but... It was a period where God seemed relatively silent. It's a long time to wait. But this isn't a story just about a wait for God's action. This is a a story about a couple that had waited a long time to see if they would get to have a family to the point where they'd actually given up on having a family. Zachariah and Elizabeth, it says, were late in years and had no children. And in both situations, for the people of Israel and for Zechariah and Elizabeth, God's silence would have seemed deafening. So the question I wanna ask this morning is how do we respond to those times where it doesn't seem like God is acting the way that we'd wish Him to act? You know, in both situations when God seemed silent, I wanna suggest something. God might've been quiet or God might've been silent, but God wasn't inactive. It's a little bit like that drive-through line where I had to wait three and a half minutes to get my shaker salad that day. (laughs) As I waited for them to prepare it for me. It's easy to sit there thinking, come on, like why is this taking so long? Why is this taking so long? And all you can see is a little bit through the drive-through window, isn't it? And as you sit there thinking to yourself, I bet it's taking long because there's some 13-year-old kid sitting in there on it. You can't work at 13. 14 year old kids sitting in there on their phone texting their mates. I reckon it's taken so long because they're being lazy. We start to draw all these assumptions about what we cannot see. But having in my earlier years worked in one of those establishments, I know that usually when that's happening, the pressure's on in the kitchen. People are running around frantically, something's gone wrong or some produce has uh, run out of date or they've had to go find something in the back of the store cupboard or somebody's dropped a tray of food and they've had to start all all over again. There's a hundred reasons sometimes we're made to wait, but we always don't have the perspective of the why. I reckon it's the same with God. Sometimes in the waiting, we sit there and we start to question the why, but God might be quiet, but He's not inactive. 
And sometimes when we don't see Him at work, guess what? He's working frantically in the background to do something that is bigger than your or my circumstances or your or my problems. God wasn't in the background being silent for a reason. He was hatching the plan to send His own Son into this world. So all of us, 2,000 years later and for every period through history could know faith and life and hope and forgiveness in Jesus. You might be in a time right now just wondering what's going on behind the scenes, but guess what? God is at work and His promises always are proved to be true. So what are we doing in those times of waiting? Let me just make three comments this morning. Number one, I encourage you to be faithful in the midst of disappointment. Be faithful in the midst of disappointment. Let me go back to the text for a moment. It says this, Verse six, talking of Zechariah and Elizabeth, both of them were righteous in the sight of God. Listen to that. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. Put those two things together. They were blameless and faultless and righteous in the sight of God and they observed all of His commands and His decrees. That's their action. What's their reality? But they were childless because Elizabeth could not conceive. Anyone that's ever had to walk through any heartache and disappointment in their family or their family story or their situation, maybe your story is the same as Zachariah and Elizabeth's. Anyone that's had to walk through that knows the pain of it. But in the day of Zechariah and Elizabeth, the culture was more than a culture of acceptance and compassion. It was actually a culture of mock and ridicule. See, people didn't understand the reasons why these things happened. They didn't have modern understanding sometimes of why Elizabeth couldn't conceive. They saw it often as a spiritual thing or as a curse. And so people were mocked when they didn't have family. So for Elizabeth, it wasn't just the pain of not being able to conceive a child. It was also the public ridicule that others would have visited on her for that very reason. You see, this was a huge deal in Elizabeth's life. If there was any situation where she could have had every right in her own mind to think, well, God, you you don't care. This was probably it. Yet how is she described as righteous and blameless and observing all the Lord's decrees? I encourage you, we're called to be faithful in the midst of disappointment. You see, sometimes when we get disappointed and we get disappointed with God, we start to blame Him or we start to blame others or we start to blame our circumstances. Sometimes we think, well, God, if you're not gonna do anything for me, I'm not gonna do anything for you. And so we rebel and we think, well, um, what's the point? Or we just give up. You see, Elizabeth's faithfulness wasn't based on the hope that God would come through. As we read the story and as the angel appears to Zechariah, we get the sense that they've already given up hope. He says he's gonna have a kid. He doesn't go, oh, finally. He goes, well, how's that gonna happen? We're well past those years. See, they'd already decided this wasn't gonna be part of their story. And in this case, God does come through miraculously, but there's plenty of Elizabeths that don't get their happy ending. And in that case, regardless of God's action, the call for us is still to remain faithful. Why? Because God is still working. And even though you may not see the full fulfilment of that in this lifetime, guess what? 
The story that God's writing that one day you're gonna get to walk into is grander and better and more beautiful and more uh, like overwhelming than anything that you could even dream up in your greatest moment. So even in the disappointment of life, we're called to be faithful. You see, we're gonna be really careful. Faithfulness is not about manipulating God to our own ends. I just wanna say this. If the reason you serve in the church is so that you hope God comes through for you, if the reason you give to this church is that you hope God comes through for you, if the reason you show compassion to others or give to the poor or serve the needy, if our motivation is, well, if I scratch God's back, He should scratch mine, we're missing the point. We're called to be faithful because He is God. Full stop. And God owes you nothing. So get your head around that. God owes you nothing. He's already given you everything, but He owes you nothing. So if you have an attitude that says, well, God, how come you're not coming through? Because of all the things that I've done for you. I'm scared of that conversation because it's probably at that moment Jesus puts out some nail-scarred hands and say, let's talk about what sacrifice looks like. Faithfulness is not about manipulating God to do what we want or giving up on Him when He doesn't come through the way we expect. We're just called to be faithful because God is God and He deserves everything that we can give Him. Full stop. So the encouragement of this story is be faithful in the disappointment. The second thing is be faithful in the waiting. It's been a long time since they'd heard from the Lord. Yet it says that this couple was faithful in the wait and in their duty. It goes on, verse eight. Once when Zachariah's division was on duty, well, there's a duty, there's this idea of Christian duty, just turn up and doing what he's meant to turn up and do. It's not always about the highlight reel. Yeah, we all know that. Anyone that serves faithfully and regularly in the church, you know there's some really good days and then there's some days you just wanna stay in bed, you wanna sleep in, you wanna turn off your phone and you wanna forget the world. There's some Friday nights that our youth leaders don't wanna be here yet they turn up anyway. There's some days that the guys on band just think, man, why can't I just turn up at 10 o'clock this morning? Why do I have to get up at 7.30 and get there by eight ready to go all practised up? Like there's, there's any one of us that have served know that there's just moments where you don't feel up for it that it feels more like duty than joy. And once when Zachariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Like this is a good day, Zachariah gets to do one of the plum jobs. He doesn't just have to stand in the crowd that day. They cast lots and guess what? Zachariah gets to do one of the special jobs. He gets to go into the special place and actually perform a special priestly ritual in this moment. Yet Zechariah was just doing the thing that God had called him to do. He was just going about his everyday life and duty. And it says that when the time came for the burning of incense, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. I encourage you, we're called to be faithful in the way, to faithfully serve, to faithfully pray, and to faithfully be obedient. Again, not dependent on whether God shows up the way you expect Him to or the way you want Him to or whether you get all the applause on earth for the things that you do. If God's called you to do it, just keep turning up and doing it and be faithful in that. It goes on later to say, you know, Zachariah and Elizabeth have obviously been praying for the fact they have no family. And they're praying and they're praying and they're praying because later when the angel appears to Zachariah, what's he say? God heard your prayers. What do we do when God seems silent? Keep turning up, keep praying. And when God turns up, be obedient to the things He calls us to do. 
So be faithful in disappointment, be faithful in the wait. And finally, be faithful when God turns up. Be faithful when God speaks. Be faithful when God shows His face. That might sound odd because everything else is about the moments when God doesn't show up the way we expect. Let, let me read what I think is quite a funny narrative, this little encounter Zachariah has. So when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. So Zachariah separates himself from the mob and he goes in to the temple area. And as he's burning the incense, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zachariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. Anyone else, you know, you're back here, it's the, you're the last one, you're on lockup or you're at the office and there's no one else around. It's late in the day and everyone else is outside. Suddenly you look up and there's an angel of the Lord standing by there. Anyone else having a little freak out moment or is that just me? <laughs> a little freak out moment. It says he's startled and gripped with fear, but the angel said to him, and the angel says this time and time again, do not be afraid, Zachariah, your prayer has been heard. There it is. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. You're to call him John. He'll be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth for he'll be great in the sight of the Lord. He's never to take wine or other for men to drink and he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. He'll bring back many of the people of Israel to their God and he'll go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make way, uh, make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah says, whoa. How can I be sure of this? And there's an angel standing there telling you, Zachariah, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. Zachariah was faithful in his duty, but guess what? He was surprised when God turned up in the midst of it. Like he was a priest. It was his job to know the Scriptures. It was his job to instruct the people. It was his job to tell people what God was like and how God acts. And he did that faithfully, the Scriptures tell us, time and time again. But guess what? One day when he turns up to do the thing that God's called him to do, God shows up and he's freaked out by it. You see, as a priest, he would have talked to everybody about the big stories of their faith. He would have said there was a man by the name of Abraham who was old and his wife was well along in years. But guess what? God appeared to him and said, I'm gonna give you a child in your old age, Abraham. Zachariah would have preached a great message and the keyboard player would have got up. And he said, why don't we all stand? We're gonna close our eyes. If you've given up on the dreams of God right now, why don't you come forward? Because God hasn't given up on you. But guess what? On this day, the angel appears to Zachariah and says, guess what, Zachariah? You're an old man, but I'm gonna give you a child. He goes, whoa, how can that happen? He would have told the stories of how Moses met God in a burning bush. And God spoke to him through a bush that was consumed by flame, but not overwhelmed by it. And he would have said, you know, God doesn't always show up in ways that we expect. Come on church, let's stand, get the keyboard player up. God's gonna turn up and gonna turn up to some of you in dreams and visions and in moments you don't expect. And on this day, Zachariah goes in to do his priestly duty. And guess what? God shows up in a way that he doesn't expect. And he goes, how can I be sure that this is you? See, see, my point is this. Zachariah knew all the stuff about God. He knew that God turned up. He knew that God did miraculous things. He knew that God gave Abraham and Sarah a child in their old age and spoke to Moses out of the bush and parted the sea and appeared in a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire and hand wrote on the wall in Daniel's day. And there was someone that rescued three guys. from. He knew all the big stories of how God showed up. But in this moment, guess what? God shows up in His story and He doesn't know what to do with it. 
I wanna encourage us all in something this morning. Some of us like Zachariah, love Jesus. We're committed to serving Him faithfully. We're praying for some stuff. Yet when God wants to show up into our story, we just hold back from Him. You see, we come to church every single week and we sit in our seats and we hear great stories of God's move and God's favour and God's faithfulness and God's healing and God's restoration and God's transformation and someone who just had the obedience to step out and invite someone to church who's come to faith. We hear those stories and we believe that they're true and we celebrate them. But when God puts His finger on us and says, well, guess what? Today it's your turn. We go, whoa, whoa I'm not sure that that can happen. How can that be true? Serve God faithfully, church. Pray fervently, church. But when God shows up, respond to His Holy Spirit at work. I've had so many conversations with people that say, I was somewhere and someone said, oh, I just really feel that we should pray for someone with a, you know, like a, a shoulder condition and this is all going on. And they're going, that was me, but I wasn't standing up. I was too, that was a bit weird. Yet we go to Bible study on Wednesday night and we talk about how God gave sight to the blind and healed the leper and helped a lame man walk. Yet because someone does it in a way that's outside of our framework, we stay planted where we are and we never get to experience the goodness of what God might wanna do in us. Zachariah freaks out because an angel turns up to his workplace and I'd freak out too. But there's moments where God's gonna do something in you that's gonna fall outside of the box of how you've expected Him to work. All I wanna say is, don't just be faithful while you wait. When God shows up, be faithful in that moment too and have the courage to be obedient because when you do, guess what? You get to see the glory and the majesty of God at work in your story. So have courage and be faithful when God is at work. Come to church expectant. God, I've been praying for a long time for that thing. Is today the day? God, we've been sitting around the family table asking that you'd heal. That is today the day. Turn up to Life Group thinking maybe tonight's the night in Life Group as we pray that God does something outside of the box. Don't put God in a box. That's all you'll ever experience if you put God in a box. You'll spend your whole life, you could do 15 GMS degrees back to back and you'll still only get a glimpse of God that is that compared to the ever growing beauty of all that He is. Faithfulness, it's really important we hear this. Being faithful doesn't mean that everything's gonna work out the way we hope. Despite that, be faithful anyway. Zachariah and Elizabeth were faithful and God used them in His story. But they were so old, we don't know how much of the story they got to enjoy. And really, if they hung around for too long, it was gonna be a story that ends in tragedy because John goes off into the desert as a prophet and comes back and gets his head taken off because of what he preached. So we don't know how much of the blessing they got to experience in this lifetime, but they got to experience God at work. God is always at work. We may not always see it or discern it, but there's one thing that I can say is true. Whatever God promises will come to pass. Why don't we stand together this morning, church, and get the band to come join us. Father God, I wanna thank You. I wanna thank You that at the very start of this story where You started to do Your best work, 
by coming into this world in the person Jesus, where the divine was clothed in human flesh and blood and born in a manger in Bethlehem to a young couple that nobody would have expected to be the earthly parent of the King of the universe. God, You remind us that You do incredible, extraordinary things and You invite ordinary, everyday people to be part of Your story. Lord, I just wanna pray this morning for those here that carry great disappointment, great heartache and pain in their own story. The Lord of dreams unfulfilled or of grief and tragedy that no one would ever wish upon anyone else. I wanna pray in the midst of that disappointment, God, that people like Elizabeth and Zachariah would choose to be faithful to You, God, to choose to hold on to Your goodness, to choose to trust that You will bring all things to pass as You've promised. God, for those that are just waiting, just don't know what comes next, God, I wanna pray that You just give them patience in the wait. You'd help them be faithful in the wait. And God, for those of us that right now you're, you're working in or you've got your your eye on that you just want to touch in this moment. God, I want to pray when those moments arrive that we would have the courage and the obedience to step into it, to experience all that You have for us. Thank You, God, that You are faithful. Help us to be people of faithfulness too. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Are we just going to sing out a great worship carol, I reckon. It's just a great piece of worship that we sing at Christmas time. But as we do this morning, I just want to give you the opportunity that if you are in the middle of a season of waiting and you just can't see God at work or God seems silent or God seems distant and you just want to keep pressing on, your heart just says, stay faithful. I just want to give you the chance as we sing and as we close the service that we just have some people that love just to stand with you this morning and lift you before Jesus. Just pray into your circumstance, pray for strength, pray for courage, pray for perseverance, pray for patience and pray that God might just strengthen you every day to live out the life that He's called you to live. If you love prayer, someone just to minister to you this morning as we sing, why don't you step forward and we'd love to minister to you. Let's sing, church. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through our doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au.